Well, on behalf of Chest, I'd like to welcome you to the March 2018 podcast. I'm Kyle Hogarth from the University of Chicago, editor of the podcast section. Thank you for joining us today for what's going to be another terrific conversation. My first guest is Dr. Wesley Self, Associate Professor of Emergency Medicine from the Department of Emergency Medicine at Vanderbilt University Medical Center in Nashville, Tennessee, and he's here to talk about his article, Community Acquired Pneumonia Visualized on Computed Tomography But Not Chest X-Ray, Pathogens, Severity, and Clinical Outcomes. Wes, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. I'm looking forward to this conversation. And since we're going to have a conversation, let's bring on also Dr. Michael Niederman, Professor of Clinical Medicine, Clinical Director, and Associate Chief from the Division of Pulmonary and Critical Care from the Weill Cornell Medical College in New York, New York. And he's here to discuss his accompanying editorial, Imaging for the Management of Community-Acquired Pneumonia, What to Do if the Chest X-Ray is Clear. Michael, thanks also for joining us. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here, and I think this is a really exciting article, a lot of very interesting uh, and challenging ideas that it brings up. So I'm looking forward to this discussion as well. Yeah, so let's launch into that then, Wes. What, um, you know, the, your, your paper, uh, it was fascinating as I was reading it. And one of the things maybe for our listeners to understand is that this was a nested study within a very larger scope of what you and several others are trying to accomplish. Could you, could you give us some background as to what's going on and, and what you all were trying to accomplish as you were looking at this data? Yes, thank you. Um, as you mentioned, this particular article was nested within what's called the EPIC study, which stands for Etiology of Pneumonia in the Community, which um, was a collaboration among dozens, maybe even close to 100 investigators um, in a large study funded by CDC. Um, and the parent um, findings were published in the New England Journal in 2015. Um, and what we were looking at here was a specific sub-question um, off this larger pneumonia cohort study. And here, um, in this particular article, what we were asking is, we are finding patients who have evidence of pneumonia on a CT scan, but we're not seeing it concurrently on a chest X-ray all the time. And a lingering question, I think, in clinical medicine has been, when we see these patients who have radiographic evidence of pneumonia on a CT, but not a chest X-ray, should we treat them the same as if we saw the pneumonia on X-ray? So that was really the, the background question we were trying to tackle here. Prior to the data, did you, if you don't mind sharing, did you have, uh, and Michael as well, did you guys have your personal biases about this? You know, just we all are creatures of, of data, but also creatures of anecdotes and our own biases. What, what was your thought or what you might find um, on a, you know, CT-only pneumonia? I'll let Michael go first. I, I have some thoughts, but... <laughs> All right, well... There you go, Michael. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I, think, I think there have been data dating back to the late 1990s that have looked at chest CT scanning in patients with pneumonia, and it's definitely shown, not surprisingly, that CTs show things that we miss on chest X-rays. It can show bilateral infiltrates when you have unilateral infiltrates on the chest radiograph. And we've known that there are patients who have infiltrates on the CT that don't show up on the chest X-ray. Uh, I guess my bias was that it was possible that these patients were different than the ones who show up on chest X-rays. And all of the data that we've developed on the treatment of pneumonia has really been on patient with chest X-ray positive pneumonia and not CT scan positive pneumonia. So I think we really needed to get some clinical correlates of uh, the population with 
CT-only pneumonia. And that's why I found this article so interesting, because if anything, my bias was that this was a different population than the patients with radiographic pneumonia. <laughs> yes, so I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, I, 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 I agree with that. Going in, um, I thought patients who basically had a quote-unquote clear chest X-ray that then subsequently had a CT scan showing evidence of pneumonia, I thought they would be less severely ill going in. One of the surprising and interesting findings of the overall EPIC study was the high proportion of patients who had viral pathogens without bacterial pathogens detected. And this has been discussed a fair amount in the last couple of years, but it looks like, based on all the microbiological data we could get, that viral pneumonia is, is a big player here. And that's true for the chest X-ray confirmed pneumonia cases. And it's also true with the CT pneumonia cases as well. Um, before we, do, we did this analysis, I thought the CT-only pneumonia cases may have a higher proportion with viral disease. Um, but it turns out, while it is a high proportion in the CT patients, it's actually a high proportion in the chest X-ray patients as well. And I think that's why the two groups were more similar than I had initially hypothesized. I think the other thing that really struck me about this study is how relevant a question this really is today because whether you like it or don't like it, and I'm not sure I like it, in this uh, in Dr. Self's study, just looking at the data, uh, there were 2,251 patients uh, with pneumonia. And of that group, uh, a little more, roughly about a third actually got a CAT scan done at the time of admission. And to me, that's just a very mind-boggling number because years ago, we very rarely got CAT scans on patients with community-acquired pneumonia. And I think probably more than anything, it seems like a lot of these patients were getting CAT scans to rule out pulmonary embolism. And so uh, the reality is if, if a third of all of our pneumonia population are going to get CAT scans for whatever reason, not really to look for pneumonia particularly, uh, then we're going to have to deal with a population that have infiltrates on CAT scan and don't have it on the chest X-ray. And there's also a population in all of these studies who have infiltrates on the chest X-ray that aren't confirmed on the CAT scan. Um, so I think the world has changed with a third of pneumonia patients getting CAT scanning. I think it's fascinating, and you've hit on something that, that really is what drove this analysis. And you mentioned in your editorial how uh, we had an earlier study from a different cohort um, published in 2013, which was basically a cohort of several thousand patients who underwent CT scanning in the emergency department to look for PE. And what we found was evidence of pneumonia was actually more common than evidence of a PE. And that led to the natural question, well, we didn't necessarily think this patient had pneumonia. We did a CT scan to look for a pulmonary embolism, but lo and behold, we came out looking like there was infiltrates in the lungs. What do we do with this, right? Do we treat this the same way as if we saw some x-ray evidence of pneumonia? And, and that's what, what some of the background that drove this analysis. And I, I, and I can tell you just anecdotally in the last two days among outpatients, I had two outpatients getting CT scanning for follow-up of other pulmonary abnormalities. Uh, in both of these instances, they had what was read as a pneumonia. And when I then spoke to the patients, they said, oh, yeah, I, 
was coming in for this CAT scan to follow up, but it just so happens in the last few days I've been coughing more and feeling a little sick. And we're, we're, def, we're definitely identifying pneumonia in ways we were not doing in years past. Well, and there's major ramifications from antibiotic stewardship here. That's, right, that's the overarching sort of back, uh, background issue that's, I think, embedded in all of this. And, you know, as, Michael, you talked about, you know, more and more CAT scans being done, that's clearly a, a, another large issue. But um, I think part of the power of the data from Wes's study is, you know, was there a, a, a need to maybe be less aggressive antibiotic-wise? And, and I think your data... Uh, Wes, well, I'll let you. I'll let you highlight it for our listeners because I think uh, it's, it's unbelievably important for all of us, obviously, to maintain a high degree of antibiotic stewardship. But in the setting of more advanced imaging, um, are we actually unleashing more antibiotics? This is a really important point, and I think a, a lot of physicians in the U.S. at least have married this idea of a diagnosis of community-acquired pneumonia necessitates immediate antibiotic therapy. And that's just how we're trained, and that's how we practice by and large. But I think moving forward, we might have to divorce these ideas that, yes, a patient can have pneumonia and doesn't necessarily mean that they need antibiotics. And um, as we were working through this analysis and paper, this came up a lot is, well, you're saying that this patient has pneumonia based on symptoms and a CT scan but I don't want to give them antibiotics. And I think those are two different questions, yeah. right? You can have viral pneumonia, clearly have viral pneumonia, and not necessarily benefit from antibiotics. So as we move forward with antibiotic stewardship, um, I think we might need to divorce this idea that all diagnoses of antibiotic, or excuse me, all diagnoses of pneumonia necessarily need immediate antibiotics. That's probably where we are today, but I'm hopeful we can move past that paradigm. Well, and I have to say, I think that uh, the stewardship issue to me is even muddier than ever based on data like these because in, invariably we'll speak to doctors who say, what do I do about my patient who's got cough, got sputum, got fever, and either I don't have the opportunity to get a chest radiograph, or I got a chest radiograph, and it was negative, but on my exam, they've got focal infiltrates, and they certainly look like they have pneumonia. And the data from this study would suggest, even if you got an x-ray and it was negative, uh, with the right clinical picture, some of those people, if you went the next step and got a CAT scan, have pneumonia, and maybe you do need to treat some of those patients uh, who really are sick, not the obvious viral pneumonias with antibiotics, and the population where, as a lung doctor, I really think about this a lot, is in the COPD population getting inhaled steroids, where we know epidemiologically that population is particularly prone to developing pneumonia. That's been well documented in inhaled steroids, a risk factor for pneumonia. So if I'm seeing an outpatient with COPD on inhaled steroids who's got all the symptoms of pneumonia and focal findings, do I need a chest X-ray or do I rely on these data to say, even if my x-ray is negative, maybe I need to be treating that patient for pneumonia. Yeah, the, the, the situation, I'm, I'm a pulmonologist by background, the situation is, is you, I think you highlighted it perfectly there, Michael, how, how muddy it gets. And then I think for, for Wes, who's, who's got an emergency room, waiting room, <laughs> chuck full of patients, and, and, and the time pressure is at a minimum, too. And 
resource allocation. I mean, there's only so many scanners as well. You're going to CT everybody. You know, um, you know you've got to think about the own fl- your own flow through the emergency department. That's exactly right. And, and Michael brings up how essential today is the chest X-ray in the diagnosis and treatment of pneumonia. And I think he's right. Data like these show that perhaps it's not as important as perhaps than as as we thought initially. Um, in no way am, am I advocating for doing a CT scan um, on a patient who's not particularly ill who may have clinical pneumonia. Um, but I think the data highlight that there is likely some infiltrates, some pulmonary involvement to the infection in a lot of these patients that we can't see on our normal chest X-rays. And again, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say I I really thought long and hard about these issues as I read the paper, and that's why in the editorial I tried to come up with an algorithm for what to do because I agree we don't want to be getting CAT scanning on every patient with pneumonia. And so um, the algorithm basically says you ought to be assessing your patient, clinically examining them, looking at their risk factors, and if their clinical suspicion and risk for pneumonia is very high, even if they don't have an infiltrate, uh, if they've got focal findings, uh, you're probably justified to treat that patient with antibiotics, and you probably don't need to get a CAT scan unless you find some reason to argue that the CAT scan findings are going to change your management, and if they simply just show an infiltrate that you suspect it anyway, probably you don't need the CAT scan, and probably you do want to use antibiotics, if the x-ray you get shows an infiltrate in a high-risk patient, you're probably going to give antibiotics. On the other hand, if the patient's low clinical suspicion of pneumonia or low risk for pneumonia, uh, maybe then the infiltrate would still guide you to treat with antibiotics, although, as Wes said, maybe not all of those people do need antibiotics. And then the real question is, what do you do about the low clinical suspicion of pneumonia patient uh, who's still being evaluated for some reason for pneumonia, you get an X-ray and it's negative, uh, I don't think the answer is to get a CAT scan. Uh, and the answer that I talk about in the editorial is maybe at that setting, uh, a lung ultrasound is very valuable. And there are a number of studies that have shown that lung ultrasound is uh, far more sensitive to lung infiltrates, uh, certainly than chest X-ray. Now, again, we don't have the clinical validation there either that the infiltrates picked up by lung ultrasound need antibiotics. So I think there's a lot that we need to learn. But to me, this is a really key study because it raises so many clinical questions. I guess a take-home point, at least that I was trying to make, um, is that while we're not advocating for more CT scanning necessarily, we're trying to clarify what infiltrates on CT scan mean. And in this population, in which all the patients had at least some clinical suspicion of pneumonia, it looked like an infiltrate on CT scan had similar implications as an infiltrate on X-ray in terms of pathogens and short-term clinical outcomes. Right, but as you've just said, we're, we're rethinking whether even all of those people need antibiotics. No question. And I, I think we can probably lump in the patients who have CT-only infiltrates in with the X-ray findings of pneumonia when we talk about antibiotic stewardship. At least now, I don't, I don't 
think we need to distinguish that group with chest X-ray negative, CT positive, as inherently a distinct group in terms of antibiotic stewardship. The whole field of community-acquired pneumonia needs antibiotic stewardship. Probably not worthwhile, at least from these data, to pick on that specific group of CT-only pneumonia. Right, and I think that's the key, one of the key findings amongst the many findings in your paper, which is that, you know, that's why I was asking about sort of our biases beforehand, but that the CT-only mnemonic group clinically and outcomes and epidemiology of bugs basically behaved the same. That, yes, you had a, it was not present on x-ray, but clinically that in the end didn't matter. And clearly there's bigger issues as we're all addressing here, but I, I think you're right that the CT-only patient population is not some subset. It's just community-acquired pneumonia, at least in the setting of your study and the patients that you know, were being evaluated. Is that a fair statement? That's my interpretation, yes. And it, it, it depends a little bit on if you're a lumper or a splitter. Um, if you're a splitter, uh, the CT-only group had slightly lower procalcitonin, slightly higher prevalence of viruses, but it was close. It was close. Yep. Okay, let's talk about the people, because um, there was obviously a large cohort, that about a third, who got a CT, um, and, and we were, you were then obviously dividing out those that were CT-only infiltrates. But can we just, from the perspective of, of you know, what was going on, what type of patient who, you know, again, the background was all these are people that there was already a clinical suspicion of community-acquired pneumonia. What characteristics seemed to have push the doctor a little further to order than the CT scan. There were some specific, uh, you know, findings that you highlight in your paper. Yes, this is a good point. And I think CT scans are probably done in this setting for two distinct reasons. And what looked like the more common reason was actually to look for alternative causes of the patient's symptoms, namely pulmonary embolism. So, so as you mentioned, I work in an emergency department. We frequently have patients come in with acute shortness of breath and cough. Um, and clearly, pneumonia and pulmonary embolism are both on the differential. And um, I believe a lot of these CT scans were done to assess for pulmonary embolism. And I say that because the CTs were protocoled for a CT pulmonary angiogram. Um, the patient chest pain and shortness of breath, uh, more so in the CT group. Okay. Yeah, and then it was the issues of hemoptysis, right? Chest pain, shortness of breath. It's interesting, they also had somewhat lower pneumonia severity scores. They did. They did. Um, in, in the second group that I think CT scans are completed in is actually those who the doctors want to characterize the pneumonia further. So they believe the pneumonia is present. They want to look for issues like bilateral involvement or a pleural fusion, empyema that may need drainage. But I think that's less common than the former in which you're actually looking for an alternative cause to acute symptoms. Michael, what, um, what do you think? What do you think of that, of those findings? And then also, um, Wes, I guess I'll have you expand on it, and Michael can chime in whenever. The, you also described the people where there was a, you know, pneumonia was the diagnosis via x-ray. CT was obtained for whatever reason. But on CT, there was actually no infiltrate. There was no pneumonia. It was a small amount, but I think it's an, it's an interesting just side education piece of all the other findings 
that you know can be misinterpreted on X-ray. Um, when you go through the list, you know you have obviously lymphadenopathy or edema and atelectasis, fibrosis, you know, etc. It was actually um, that was one of the other small findings in the paper that I found fascinating on people that were told they had a pneumonia via X-ray. CT was done for any other you know, the reasons you just highlighted. No pneumonia seen, but multiple other findings actually found. Yeah, I think again, uh, I'm resistant to the idea that we want to start doing more CT scanning in the setting of pneumonia. So I guess that's my bias to start. (laughs) Um, And I'm not even sure that a lot of these CT scans should have been done. Again, I think we do an awful lot of CT scanning in any hospital I've ever seen to rule out pulmonary embolism, and I think the yield is high, but it's, it's maybe there's not enough selectivity in when we do that. So that having been said, I, I don't think we should be encouraged to do more CT scanning. But, uh, yeah, it's very striking that, that, that when, when you see an infiltrate on a chest X-ray, even then uh, the CAT scan doesn't show pneumonia. Now, in my experience, the thing that, that I find most confusing uh, is the patient who has underlying heart disease. Uh, and it's really hard to tell on a chest X-ray and maybe a little better on a CAT scan, but even there, uh, not perfect, the difference between heart failure and pneumonia. And I think where a CAT scan might help uh, is if we have more bilateral with ground glass infiltrates, relatively symmetric. Uh, that might go more for heart failure than pneumonia. We may not pick up all of those findings on a chest radiograph. Uh, so in some ways it might be helpful, and that kind of finding might be useful for stewardship. But I still think that doesn't justify doing CAT scanning on everyone, but uh, I think, again, the disparity between chest X-ray and CAT scan points out how imperfect our approach is to diagnosing and treating pneumonia. Yeah. I would be hopeful that a different technique could be used in the future to distinguish this patient with heart failure and pulmonary edema from pneumonia. Procalcitonin comes to mind, and that, that's probably a different conversation but an approach that does not require the resources and the radiation exposure that a CT has, I'm hopeful we can find a way forward to distinguish those two populations, which he's right, both clinically and radiographically overlap enough that it makes this very confusing. Yeah, I agree. I think biomarkers like procalcitonin probably can help us distinguish heart failure from pneumonia. And we did a study a few years back where it looked like that was probably going to be the case, but I think it needs to be better validated before it's widespread practice. Uh, and again, some of it becomes even more murky because we know that pneumonia itself can be a precipitant for heart failure. Right. Just to add to the, add to the fun. <laughs> right. So <clears throat> what haven't we talked about, guys? Um, you know, this, this is a, it's a, one of the reasons we selected this article and then obviously the editorial was just that I think there was a lot to talk about and a lot of uh, data to dive into. Um, and I think we've touched on a decent amount of it, but, but Wes, what, what are we missing? Or, or Michael, what, what do we need to expand on you know, for our listeners? I guess maybe we should hit on a take-home message a little bit. Great. And at least for me, I think it would be this. Um, a lot of CT scanning is done in emergency departments and hospitals in general. Um, while we don't advocate for more and perhaps even decreasing the amount of CT scanning as a goal, um, 
I think this article helps clarify what to do with the patient that has evidence of pneumonia on a CT scan, um, but not chest X-ray. And in the current environment, my personal view of these data is that we should treat those patients the same as if we saw a pneumonia on chest X-ray, realizing there may be subtle differences. There may be a slightly increased probability the patient has viral disease, slightly decreased um, pneumonia severity. But in general, my view of these data is that those two populations are close enough that we can include the CT-only CT pneumonia population in community-acquired pneumonia at large. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think in the non-ED setting, I think these data are also very valuable for what they mean. And I think in the non-ED setting, uh, it's very clear that uh, even if you get a chest X-ray and it's negative in a patient with very clear history and very clear physical findings, uh, it would not be an unreasonable conclusion to say that population likely has pneumonia and needs to be treated. Uh, so I think that uh, I can see instances where it would not be irresponsible uh, to treat for pneumonia without getting a chest X-ray or treat for pneumonia even with the chest X-rays negative. And I think uh, that's extremely helpful. And I think similarly, when we have patients who get a chest X-ray for whatever reason that's read as pneumonia, I think we also have to know how inaccurate that can be. And again, reassessing that patient or maybe in that setting getting a CAT scan to look for an alternative diagnosis because you don't believe it's pneumonia uh, is probably very valuable. So I think, uh, again, the information here uh, probably needs to be carefully considered by a clinician uh, and weighed into management decisions about pneumonia, I think the answer is it's not so simple anymore to say, I got an x-ray, it showed an infiltrate, I'm going to use antibiotics. Or I got an x-ray, I didn't see an infiltrate, I'm not going to use antibiotics. I think that paradigm is too simplistic, and this study clearly shows a lot of reasons why. I think that's a perfect concluding statement <laughs> between the both of you. The take-home message and then a great concluding statement. Um, if there aren't any other final thoughts, I, I want to be respectful of your time. I appreciate you know, the, the two of you uh, discussing things today and, and expanding on your work. Thank you very Great. much. This was fun. Thanks, yeah, thanks a lot. Perfect. And, uh, Wes, congratulations. Great paper. Thank yeah, you, sir. Definitely. Thank you both. Appreciate it.